No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Hello, this is Duncan Fisher. I don't always do promotions for products, but when I do, they are products that I firmly believe in. Products that really shine. That's why I want to talk to you about the great taste of, um, lightning strike energy drink. Lightning strike energy drink. For when a pilot needs to be quick as a PPC. I'm still getting paid for this, right? Hey everyone, Darren here. I just wanted to say, first of all, a big thank you to all of our supporters. Whether you support us by listening to the podcast or through financial support, we are only here because of you. So from all of us at NGNG, thank you. And please continue to spread the word. If you have friends or family or anyone you think might be interested in MechWarrior Online or No Guts, No Galaxy, please let them know. And as Christmas fast approaches and you might be doing a little shopping online, if you're so inclined, please click on the Amazon button, link, or banner on our website and give a little kickback support to NGNG. It doesn't add anything to your cost and is a great way to support everything we do if you cannot or don't want to donate directly. Now, on with the show. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 97. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is November 27th, 2013, and I'm joined by Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. Hello. And today's co-host, Brandon, a.k.a. Catrakel. Hello. And Jason, a.k.a. The Centurion. Hello. And today's guest, we have Tyler, a.k.a. Jaeger12. I'm just going to call you Jaeger, or how about Tyler? And he's from the Steel Jaguar. What's going on, Tyler? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Can we call you Ty Ty? No, thank you. <laughs> All right, Tyler. We'll stay away from that one. Those are fighting words. And of course, make sure to check out uh, Tyler's Twitch channel where he often streams live mech porn action in that high ELO bracket. And when I mean high, I'm talking like me, Darren, and the rest of you in this channel will never be <laughs> that high. That's that's. It's interesting yeah. to tag along from time to time, though. Whew. Don't be so sure, Mr. The game literally shuts down and will not let him play. That's that's how I. And <laughs> we've got proof. So, all right, guys, a little bit different. Uh, well, format, and of course, I'd like to say welcome to Jason on his uh, first podcast with the uh, No Guts No Galaxy uh, crew. Anyways, welcome. Welcome we've, aboard, uh, dude. Been a big Thank you fan very much. of what you did with uh, the your podcast, and I, I think just uh, because of real life and things going on, you were looking at moving forward, but still wanted to do stuff and. Well, I just want to say thank you. It's awesome having you aboard, man. I appreciate the invite. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So we've got two discussion topics tonight. So let's go ahead and dive into the first one. And we uh, we pinged out there, got some questions on these topics, and this is how it's going to be from here on out, at least unless we change it up. But uh, first up, we've got Heat Scale 
aka ghost heat now there's a lot of misinformation out there so me and darren actually pinged paul uh he's super busy so he was like i can't really be on the podcast but what are your questions and he cleared some uh well i would even say for me he cleared things up like i i was a little bit like uh how does this work how does that work so uh let's go dive into it we've got the best definition, Darren, would you agree, would be Smurfy's heat penalties per weapon? Um, yeah, whether or... it's a definition or not, it's the best laid out, like, overall, you know, view of what heat scale is. It, and so I definitely think everybody should check out the Smurfy link that uh, we'll put in the channel there. And uh, it's clearly defined, at least if not in a sentence structure in charts, what the ghost heat is. Now, if you, you have to scroll down about midway, a little bit past midway and it's called heat penalties per weapon and it basically says heat penalties apply if you perform an alpha strike with more than the allowed number of weapons for linked weapons the highest value applies um so basically there's linked or grouped weapons such as large lasers are linked both ppcs are linked so if you fire two large lasers and one er large laser you're going to get the increased heat penalty uh, if you fire, you know, two regular PPCs, one ER PPC, again, heat penalty. But then there's standalone weapons, such as medium lasers, AC2s, and others that are not linked to any other weapon type, which you can fire, you know, whatever its limit is, plus another type of weapon, and not get that penalty. So that's, you know, something I think a lot of people are not aware of. I was going to say, I mean, Jason and Tyler speak up here. Uh, we'll, we'll go with uh with Jason first. Obviously, I remember when Heatscale first came out, and obviously there was a lot of speculation, a lot of discussion of, like, why it was being introduced and, and, you know, like, how they would go about. Because I think, you know, for the most part, we needed something, but it went in. What are your thoughts on the heat scale as far as its implementation? And if there was, like, one thing you would say is definitely lacking of the whole entire system, what is that? Um, I, I personally think it, it treats the symptom, not the overt the overarching problem. I think that um, it's it's a good quick fix, and it's probably going to be something that we see um, added to the game for a long time because they got a lot of work ahead of them before they could ever go back and maybe revise it. But I think uh, getting it out there to the new player or some you know just even the average player to understand how it's going to impact their game, um, even Smurfies, which does an excellent uh, job when you're building out your mechs, um, will show you the heat penalties and things of that sort. But you always have to understand that it's not going to show you that hey. Uh, your heat may, rating may be in the danger zone here, but if you split up your triggers and you know link to different weapon groups, you can pretty much circumvent that. Or you know fire, wait a second, then a fire again, and you completely you know can circumvent the ghost heat situation. So I think not only is it nebulous in the definition and trying to get the message across to a new player of what it is, what it means, and how to adapt and overcome, um, but I I really don't know if it's the best long term solution personally. What about you, Tyler? I think that I would have rather seen them try to increase the heat values on PPTs and things like that before they went to the ghost heat system because our numbers for heat now are much higher than they were back when the ghost heat system went in. So I would have liked to see them try to fidget with those numbers a little bit more before they tried to resort to something like heat. Uh, there's some weapons, like the large laser, I don't think anybody was having issues with the boating of large lasers. I think two is a little uh, too few to activate the ghost number. So I just would have liked to see them try other options before ghost heat, but I do think it will be around for a long time as well. So now, 
as far as other options, basically from what I've been able to tell, talking to the people in the community, talking amongst ourselves here, uh, there's two main ways. There's the, the current way of ghost heat, and then the other viewpoint that people have is basically individual weapon tweaking, much like the uh, the Gauss rifle just went through recently and so forth. So is that basically what you guys are seeing? You would have rather seen more individual weapon tweaking first uh, as an alternative? Well, how about we ask, or hold that question, Darren. How about we ask this? Obviously, why was heat scale implemented? Jason, and, and Jason, would you agree that it was to, at the time, to try to, would it be negate, move a player away from boating large amounts of high either DPS or high volley weapons? I mean, that was, Jason, I mean, would that be a, a right on the spot? I mean, what the whole point of heat scale was supposed to do or is doing? Absolutely. I think it was designed to, to treat the problem of you know high alpha boating. And just being able to say, okay, how many, you know, PPCs can I grab on this thing? And, uh, or, you know, dual AC-20s or whatever the, the high alpha issue was. And try to break it up and, you know, make people kind of spread their weapon groups and show a little love to some of the other weapons. I mean, I, I think, you know, maybe to add a little variety in there too, in the weapon loadouts, because they certainly like that with the, the stock loadouts that they were trying to, to push there for a while. But um, I, I really think it was trying to treat, like you said, the, the high alpha uh, boating issue. So I guess the question is now, Brandon, do you think it succeeded? I mean, did it do that? I think it got rid of some of the really dangerous builds. So you don't see very many 5 ERPPC stalkers out and about, but it definitely shifted. You see a lot more uh, utilization and combination of things. So, for example, the 733C right now, I'd say, is probably the pinnacle of uh, the new weapons meta. So you got two PPCs. So the PPCs are still really a big problem, but... The PPCs combined with two UX, so it didn't really change. It didn't really prevent what they were really trying to change, which was high strike alpha. But I feel like something more could be done. Uh, real quick, I just want to input here. I think we're now, and there's nothing wrong with it, but we're coming off with some assumptions. Number one is we assume it was a band aid. We really don't know behind the closed door whether they've been talking about it for a year before then, you know, or do we? If there's if there's a forum post then pointed out that says hey we just thought of this idea and you know it's a quick fix or whatever but we're assuming it's a band-aid uh the other thing is i've been in plenty of matches where and devil's advocate here i'm not saying i agree where people say uh that it's working it's working as intended it's working it's it's fixed the issues and the other thing just to address what you just said brandon you said that there's a two ppc well obviously okay the 733c um two ppcs and either two uac5s or two ac5s whatever but you're just automatically saying that that's a problem that it can fire two ppcs or whatever that that like what it, ultimately what are we trying to make happen if if people like a weapon too much then it needs to be nerfed or what's the ultimate goal like i think what's i think what you're trying to hit at darren is that no matter what you will always have them in max builds no matter what i mean i think we can all agree with that it, that the players are always going to find the ways i think what has happened is a shift away from i think it's made honestly i think it's made these you know veteran players or skilled players even better i mean we know now to to chain fire and we can do this or that but i felt like obviously it does fall short on the on the you know introducing to new players they have no idea what's going on unless they did research so i think we can understand that's a fair statement you know uh there is nothing in game for that uh, at least not yet but i feel like with uh ppcs it's a trade-off like i feel like this is a a problem from battletech right I mean, and 
no other previous game tried to solve this. And I don't think there is one perfect method to solve the madness. And at, at the end of the day, I think you always will have min-max builds. But what I mean by Battletech is MechWarrior 4 tried to do a hard point system, but they didn't do a critical system. Like, true to Battletech. Like, you know, Ferrofibrous takes, you know, 14 crit spaces and stuff like that. MechWarrior 3 was old uh, tabletop build rules as far as mechs. Same thing with MechWarrior 2. And no game tried to address the whole you know, one medium laser, you know, you can put as many, you know, one ton, you can put as many as you want on any location and just alpha, 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 you know, heat neutral builds. Um, so I feel that I would say it succeeded in changing how the game was played. Like literally it was night and day. I mean, I remember when the patch went in and they, he, it took a little bit getting used to, but I would say overall in pug play, it's, it was an improvement. But now, after it's been out for a while, I, I, I start to see more of the meta builds um, from the higher ELO play that they trickle down. I wouldn't even say, high, high, you know, min, uh, I wouldn't even say it's it's the meta. I would call it it's min-max, basically the best performance mech you can get out of based on the current uh, mechanics of the game. I absolutely agree. Totally fell short as far as informing people uh, what the heat scale is or ghost heat, whatever you want to call it. That's a huge gaping hole that needs to be filled. People need to know what the hell is going on with this stuff and not have to do the research necessarily uh, to, to figure all this stuff out. But now, Tyler, specifically to you, what is, um, what's the ultimate goal, or from your opinion, as far as the competitive, what is Utopia? Do you, is the best thing for the competitive, if, if everything's balanced, everybody will be using a different mech, everybody will be using a different weapon, or is a competitive scene always going to no matter what, even if something's point zero 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 one percent better, they'll always be using that. Like, what do you think as far as all this goes? Well, that is correct. Even if the game went entirely to fire only, we were only allowed to shoot one weapon at a time, we would find builds that would be better than other builds. But the game doesn't work like uh, perfect balance where any mech can beat any mech. The game works in kind of like cycles where... Direct fire is better than LRMs. Brawling is better than direct fire. LRMs are better than brawling. It goes like that. It's like a circle. So the game's never going to achieve perfect balance, but it can achieve this, like I just said, where you certain uh, builds and drop decks can outperform another one. So you can win and lose a game in the in the mech lab in the drop deck you take. But Ghost Eats just trying to trim down the amount of time to kill, it seems. Uh, it was much more dangerous back when Highlanders were slinging 45-point alphas and not caring about their heat. Uh, time to death has gone down quite a bit now. I was going to say, on top of that, with the current implementation of uh, the heat scale, obviously I think we can all agree that as veteran players, we've adapted, right? I, th- I think we've all done that pretty darn well. Um, but the information, would would you guys, Brandon, would you say that moving forward, we understand that this isn't going anywhere? It, it seems to have done what it was intended to do, but there's little, there, there are little cracks like, you know, implementing a, some type of feedback for the new player, which, by the way, we did ask. And the basic heat scale information will be included in UI 2.0 and uh, something to the effect of, like, if you take more than however many weapons uh it'll actually warn you of that the heat penalty like like hey if you take more than two large lasers and you fire all these you'll have an increase in heat and i think that'll be a good way to to introduce but certainly better than now yeah i mean 
but looking right now, at there's no indicator at all. Or if someone was just coming into the game, there's nothing to tell them of ghost heat at all, and that that needs to be rectified. Now, when I'm in game and playing, I don't mind. I mean, I, I think I think I've I've gotten used to it. I would probably go on and say I'm going to go on and say that I actually don't mind it. I, I like the fact that <laughs> getting shot by six ER PPCs by a stalker and getting just taken out of the fight it was ridiculous. Now. Obviously, you know, I don't think any. Well, I mean, technically, is... you can you can still do it now. Yeah, it's just but... they're taken out of the fight as well. One now shot, because yeah. they <laughs> shut down and then they blow up a half hour later. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I can see what it was doing. Obviously, what I think it's done is it's it's helped everyone um, as far as those who that know how to play became become probably better skilled players. Unfortunately, I think there's a big gap in the middle. To I mean, I can't imagine getting into this game and throwing on x weapons let's just say you're a regular pub you don't get on the forums you don't get on you know the reddit you don't get on TeamSpeak three uh you don't go to the wikis you don't go to smurphy like there's literally nothing right now to tell you and right now the system literally may be working against you so I've, that's my biggest gripe with the entire heat scale system currently is that there's literally zero percent feedback for the new player except i guess when they're actually implementing firing the weapons and seeing the negative effects but i mean you wouldn't know what that that would be about i mean so um we do have a few user submitted questions um so let's go ahead and dive into those um and then you guys can answer these dimitri asks is ghost heat still a necessary mechanic with all of the recent weapon balancing to high alpha damage weapons uh jason i don't believe that it is um and and again, it's going to go back to my bias on the on the ghosty thing. Anyway, my my ideal solution, my perfect solution, would be just what they did with the Gauss, where you implement a skill based solution to a high damage uh, pinpoint alpha weapon. Uh, if PPCs, for example, are the issue, then make it to every one that you boat increases the charge up time for every PPC, and make it fire like a Gauss weapon. But every single PPC you have on there that you try to fire up increases the charge up time. And that's just one example. But if I think it overly penalizes all of the weapon systems when really the, the problems were just with a few weapons. Now, Phil, we've talked a long time about uh, basically the same mechanic that's in Living Legends for uh, UACs, um, which would be player-controlled rather than a random jamming mechanic or whatever. If you want to keep firing your UAC, that's fine, but you're going to push it over the limit, and then it'll overheat. Um, I think that's a good fix for the UACs. And, and, and there were some suggestions for the PPCs. This is obviously a very popular opinion. There's a lot of people out there that, that think it should have been individual uh, weapon balancing. Well, Do you agree, Phil? Well, first off, UACs really don't have a heat problem right now. Um, so as far as heat and heat scale, what I think what you're trying to address is ballistics, energy, and missile weapons, how they're handled via heat. You know, as far as, you know, the Goss, that's not a, a heat issue. I think really what we're talking about is PPCs, lasers, and the mechanics yeah. behind them. I mean, so I think we're, we're, ta- we're talking about this under the title heat scale, but obviously we're talking also about weapon balancing. Yeah. Right. I think, I think there's two de- design philosophies here. They had an issue with the Gauss and they, they turned it into a skill based solution where you can take a Gauss, but it's going to be a little bit more than just point and click. Well, you have you have to be skillful to use it. But then on the flip side, I think the ghost he took the opposite design path on how to handle the problem. 
And so that's where I, when I talk about the Gauss or I talk about even the UAC5 where they said, you know, they didn't really like the randomness of it and that eventually we'll get a skill-based solution to that weapon as well. That's what I wish they would have done with PPCs and ERPPCs. And then this whole other system may not have had to been in place at all. I was confused when they brought in the Gauss mechanic. The main reason being is as of right now, there's only a handful of mechs that can fit two. Uh, there is one that can fit three, but you're, yeah, you can take it, but you're going to die. I mean, it's the Cataphract 3 Delta. So, whereas on the flip side, how many mechs can take three plus PPCs? And at the time, ER PPCs. So, when they introduced the Gauss mechanic, even though I do like it, I also feel that PPCs need that. Um, PPCs right now are a ballistic weapon, and I feel like if you brought them in line with a... Now, some people are going to hate me for this. A beam weapon? PPCs have been talked about as a man-made bolt of lightning, uh, not a projectile that, you know, is like a, an autocannon round. It's not a plasma bolt, uh, you know, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, obviously, I know we're making things up, but what I'm trying to get at is from the heat scale factor and the skill factor of introducing a charge mechanic, if you will, um, it, w- it would change things. You know, you could have the PPC do a little bit more damage or, or you know, but also it's going to take a little bit more skill. Obviously, I know we're, we're, we're riding the line between heat scale and, and weapon mechanics, but ultimately when they introduced the heat scale, it was at the height of the 7ER PPC stalker. Or the, so, or the PPC gauss. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so if, if PPCs were the main culprit, albeit some of the other weapons played a role in it, why not may you know like uh, and you know it happened because there was a few reasons first off host rate rewind for ballistics was not in the game yet ppcs were horror bad right so they buffed them host rate rewind for ballistics came out that buff remained for i think what three months four months and then obviously the nerf came and then on top of that you know there was uh changes to the er ppc as well but uh yeah so that's that's the to expand a little bit, uh, Charles asks, what about heat modifiers or quirks as a balancing tool for specific mechs, for example? And we've heard this one before, uh, allowing the awesome to fire three PPCs with no or less of a heat penalty. What do you guys think? That would be a great quirk for the awesome AQ. Or any of the awesomes. The awesomes need something. Yeah, the awesomes definitely need some love, especially with the uh, Q being a cannon-based uh, three PPC mech. Well, let me, let me ask you guys something. Would it be easier to implement quirks to mechs, right? Because I, I don't know the programming behind that. Or would it be in- easier, now, albeit maybe it's not practical right now in the future, to redo the design of the awesome? I mean, it's a barn. It's literally a barn <laughs> on two legs. I mean, that's what I'm asking. Is it easier to introduce quirks to every single mech, or is it easier to redesign it knowing what they know? I mean... You make a barn, it's going to be easy to hit as a barn. I mean, Yeah, but the issue isn't the, the awesome being hit. It's being able to use three PPCs. I, I mean, I agree. The, uh, the stock comes with is the problem as well. So if you're a yeah. new player and you buy one, and gotcha. then you're like shutting down for no reason. Well, you're also yeah. asking, I mean, are you asking what's the easiest solution to implement or what's the most rewarding solution for long-term gameplay? Personally, well, I'd love to see a quirk system where I could actually tailor mechs more to my play, individual play style. I, I could understand that, yeah. Now... How would you guys think larger scale, though? It wouldn't just be... I mean, this question from Charles isn't just about the awesome. It's about all mechs having a quirk, mm-hmm. a unique role, if you will. And that's a nice thing. Role, role warfare, you know, the whole thing. What's another... Is there another mech somebody can think of off you know, off the top of their heads that would have a similar quirk possibility? 
Hunchback 4P. Yeah, I was going to say Hunchback yep. or even any of the trebuchets, so the negative on taking LRMs or something like that, the heat penalty for multiple LRM volleys. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's very interesting. I think it would be cool. I don't think there'd be many people, if any, that would complain about individual mech quirks like that uh, that allowed well, it to I mean, do something special. I mean, if you want to go back a little bit, I believe it was the uh, PC Gamer article. They, there was talk about how they wanted every single mech chassis to have their own little quirks that made them different from each other as like an end game type thing. Yeah, I think like a lot of issues, it's something that they want to do, but it's way back on the back burner after UI 2.0 and community warfare and clan invasion and so forth. Wish list. Again, I go back to even if you introduce a quirk to some of these mechs, it's a barn door. You know, it's it's the side, <laughs> you know, and, and I guess that's what I'm saying is. Phil still, wants a skinny awesome. Well, no, I think the awesome, uh, I think talking to Flying Debris, Alec and Glacius, uh, Iglesias, sorry. Um, on Mexicans and beer, we asked them. You know, knowing what you know now, you play the game. You see that the design of the dragon having a very jutting. So what? Tro wise, gameplays wise, you know, it gets its head. You know, it gets its CT knocked out all the time. Or what about the catapult and stuff like that? Knowing these things, would you not redesign them in a way that it still pays homage? You know, I guess that's what I'm asking. I I don't know which one would be easier implement but i do like the quirk system and i think that would be really cool question is tyler have having quirks like this would you see builds being used other than just the the meta if you will the min max would it help it definitely would help i no quirks we've seen i don't think have been negative that's another thing they could do if a mech's too strong you have a negative quirk on say the highlander 733c give it less torso twist angle or less uh, up and down that it can look I think it could only be good for the game though well, when you're talking about the awesome I mean I would do the quirk system and then leave the, the silhouette and the, and the design of the awesome in place because that you have a risk and a reward at that point so yeah you can take three PPCs and avoid the ghost heat penalty but you're you're built like a refrigerator and can be hit from a mile away true because you're supposed to be a support mech as well in an awesome. You're not supposed to be up front and brawling. Eh, and you're not supposed to be. Eh, let's let's eh. let's redact that statement because support. Where does that come from? That's from the novels. That isn't there. When you build a mech, it, it's there isn't a you choose a support class and you get. I mean that's that's a shortage of battle tech, but also a benefit, right? You can do whatever you choose your role based on the the mech and the weapons, right? I mean. Well, I mean, it's all up in the... Because I know with, for example, Anises and Merrick, we took Awesomes, I think we were one of the few teams that took Awesomes uh, into the competitive team, uh, competitive side of things, because when we got thrown into a match where we weren't allowed ECM or anything like that, we loaded them all up with uh, LRMs and we had a spider with a tag. And they would play uh, a support role. Same with uh, when we ran them with PPCs. We kept them in the back to pick off anything that got out of out of line than what we wanted. And but could, a, said, could any but, other mech do that similarly? I mean, to, to say I mean, support is because you took LRMs, not because it was the awesome chassis. Well, yeah, technically, yes. But we found that the awesome played better in that role than if we were to load it up with medium lasers and put it up in the front line. Okay, but if you had had a similar mech with similar hard points, it could do this. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Is like, I, I hear the words, you know, like, oh, well, it's a, it's a brawler or it's this or that. And I'm like, well... You know, that's it's weapon dependent, but yeah. 
Enough of that. It's, um, its shape prevents it from doing so much. It can't survive <laughs> on the front lines because it's so easy to disable or kill. The LRM support role is about the only thing that it kind of thrives in, but that's until we see its missile tubes get changed. All right, Dadrick asks, I'd like to know if there are any plans to do something about current PPC plus AC5 meta. Now, obviously, for heat scale-wise, why do you think the PPC is used so often now, Tyler? The PPC is still used because it delivers 10 points at long range to a single location at high speed. And you can't really beat it. It matches up so perfectly with ballistic weapons, the AC-5 specifically, because AC-5 generates one heat every time you shoot them. So you don't have to worry about your heat that much, and you're still delivering that point damage that you want to quickly disable a mech. It's much better to disable a piece of a mech than to spread damage all over it. I definitely agree with that. Now, PPCs have been a reoccurring issue here in our discussion about heat scale, right? I mean, we've talked about the ERPPC fiasco that lasted, and PPCs for the most part, but everyone went to ER because at the time they did more damage, they go further, uh, and they had no minimum range. Again, I'm going to throw out an idea, uh, and I want to hear your guys' opinion on this. Why don't they change and make the PPC a beam-based, duration-based weapon, or something thereof, to where you can't pop tart as effectively, you're not going to do as much damage, just like, like ER large lasers or large lasers or mediums, um, and that it's not a uh, high impact to one location. Tyler, I just asked you previously, what do you think of something like that? That would definitely change the game completely if the PPC went to something like that. I think we would see the rise of auto cannons as <laughs> like multiple AC-10 builds, things like that, just to replace it. I don't think it would help the problem of high pinpoint alpha. We just would see less PPCs being used. Yeah, I, and you know, the large laser has to compete with the PPC if you do that, and the large laser is already kind of struggling enough. Phil, I actually love the idea of the. The, the beam duration based PPC um, you know we saw your your clip from whatever movie that was I love that idea um, however I keep in my mind just going like PPC I don't know I'm fine with the way things are why are we trying to make it so that every weapon is unpopular so that nobody wants to use any weapon I mean it's well, like I just don't know what the ultimate goal is sometimes well what I, what I'm getting to is here so we have goss that take skill lasers do take skill you have to hold them on I mean it, Try shooting, you know, fast-moving targets, location, if they're towards the twisting. It takes skill. Those actually take skill. Less skill right now. LRMs don't take a whole lot of skill. They really don't. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you do have weapons that are uh, less skill. Streaks, less skill. SRMs, more skill. Ballistics right now are very little skill. I'm not saying it doesn't take skill to lob a AC2 or a 5 shot or even a 10 at range on a moving target. I don't. I'm not saying that. But what I would like to see is all weapons based on skill, because right now, that's why I don't think you see Gosses used very much. I mean, Brandon and Jason and Tyler, ever since the Goss mechanic went in, you don't see them as much, because the charge time doesn't... Uh, you can't just pull the trigger like that PPC and AC5, and the travel time and distance and speed and velocity is all the same, right? It, it's because it's easier. It's an ease-of-use thing, right? Well, the Gauss, the Gauss isn't being used right now because uh, you lost the target, or like the opportunity shots, like yeah. the brief yeah. moments when mechs part and you can take a shot at a mech. Not to mention With the, the charge-up time, you lost that. 
Also, its recycle time didn't get lowered to counter its charge-up time, so its damage per second has gone down considerably. Also, it explodes really easy now as well. It's very fragile. For the like, same... It's not a problem for protecting the Gauss, it's just... It's mostly that, that recycle time didn't get re- yeah. reduced to compensate for the charge-up time. So what I'm hearing is that we'd like to see more weapons be individually tweaked like the Gauss. However, the Gauss is unpopular now and nobody's using it, so I... I, I... I think it's because an alternative is the AC5 or the PPC. It's because it's and now the same thing. You change the AC5 or the PPC, or maybe you just change the AC mechanic uh, and and the PPC mechanic heat. You know, there's time on target that, you know, Tyler was just talking about. Be able to pull the trigger and you get damage instantly, high damage or whatever. You know, whereas the skill-based weapons, you can't necessarily and stuff like that. I think there's, there's definitely things as far as heat scale that... The, it, the heat scale is un- underlying factor here because you know whether you take X amount of weapons, whether you can do X amount of damage. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there. I, I still feel like we're not quite there. Did heat scale do what I think? You know, Paul over at PGI intended to do. Yes, I, I think if you were to ask Paul if the goal of heat scale being introduced has been working, I think he would say yes, and I would I would say he's probably he's probably right, but heat scale also created issues in itself inside weapon balance and obviously very much a zero uh new user experience uh information i mean there there is none so i think we have a good understanding of where heat scale is now how we feel about it overall but also a big issue and and this came up in our discussion uh yesterday about it uh phil and jason is the future um you know new weapons being introduced the uac 20s or the clan weapons and so forth what do we see you know we call this a band-aid so what are some possible uh, road bumps in the future for heat scale as far as new things in, being introduced we see ac2s 10 i mean 10s actually create uh, some good amount of heat and 20s definitely create heat so just think about this one you're able to basically shoot one ac20 wait a quarter of a second shoot another with no you know heat penalty you can double tap right now you can just pull the trigger on both and it doesn't send you into the red zone now imagine a highly skilled um you know uac 20 uh, pilot at the hands you know of a mac i still think and i go back to brian ekman being live on the podcast and he said he doesn't like random mechanic either i don't think anybody really likes random mechanic but on the flip side if it was player controlled could it be abused or could it be macroed Jason, you had some thoughts on the, the future of heat scale, ghost heat, and with the new stuff being introduced. What do you think? What do we I, have I to look forward to or not look forward to? I mean, I, I mean, I can't have a crystal ball or anything, but I think as they implement clan weaponry and as you know, as the solutions come into place, and as you add more and more weapons, and you're splitting out things like Artemis, and they're on their own. You know, they're they're going to be their own weapons now, and you know that list that just gets is going to get larger and larger and larger and larger what our arsenal that we can bring to bear is going to be and so for the new player it's adding a lot of complexity i think i think the design goal should be uh, minutes to learn you know years to master and that that should be the, the design premise for any mechanic that's put in the game that's why I, I prefer like a skill-based solution so i i'm concerned that as the game move, moves forward we've got this this foundation built on ghost heat that right now seems like it's it's treating the problem and, and handling everything and is, is a quote-unquote success. But I worry that as more and more things are added to the game on top of that foundation, the question's going to really be in six months to a year from now, does Ghost Heat really stand the test of time? Now, 
Phil, you said if you put a really skilled pilot in a mech with a UAC-20, then that's going to be dangerous. The first thing that came to my mind is it should be. No, no, you're totally right. Again, I think no matter what is done, whether it's heat scale currently, maybe it's, uh, you know, and, and let me let me just preface this by saying there's nothing wrong six months, a year from now, PGI saying, you know what? we want to change things. I mean, that's game development. I mean, that's any game. I mean, that's EVE Online. That's Well, they've called that... this a game, a perpetual development yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay for them to say, you know what, hey, at this current current point in time, that old system we were using isn't standing the test of time. We need to make changes. And why I, I want to bring this up is, currently, uh, heat scale isn't really a big problem, or, or probably at all. It's probably not even a big target on their on their hey to go back and look at list because we all want ui 2.0 out which by the way i don't know if you guys know this ui 2.0 the next test on public test is tomorrow so uh if you're home or able to it's tomorrow it's also running uh six hours there you go nice um we also want community warfare so it is what it is when it comes to that i think what paul did was look at a solution for a big problem I, I think you guys all agree that I was getting pretty sick of getting one-shotted by a stalker or at the time, pretty much it was ERPPCs everywhere. It did do that. So temporary, maybe uh, some might call it, but I would rather have the current system. And I, you see every, every, almost every single weapon except a few. Uh, there are only a slight few weapons that really aren't seen on the battlefield. I'd rather have this than what we had what six months ago um mm-hmm. at least for now yeah that is true i think we can all appreciate the diversity of builds that have sprung up since the ghost heat system went in and if that was the goal it's certainly been accomplished we never saw ac5s ac10s hardly at all back when you could just mount a gauss now and uh multiple ppcs but it's great it's great to see these new weapons being used yeah i agree so i think we we agree that it's it, it's working to some level. May not be the perfect fix, but it's it is what's in the game right now. So, Phil, you want to move on to the next one? Yep. And obviously, just to end it, like you said, I think it's working as intended, or at least that's what I think Paul would say. Right? Uh, I would have to agree with him. Um, I would say that the presentation to new players is a presentation to players is lacking. Definitely need worked on. But we asked him if that was going to be a part of UI 2.0. He said yes. And then obviously we have community resources that also break that down. So that's awesome. But uh, all right, so we're going to be moving on to Matchmaker. And we're going to be talking about weight plus ELO or what the heck ELO does. Because at the end of the day, again, another topic that has a lot of um, convoluted uh, misinformation out there. So One of them being the pronunciation. Now, I say ELO every once in a while, but that's because I'm old and I'm thinking of the band in my head, but it is ELO, so everybody should know ELO. Thank you, mm-hmm. Mom. <laughs> All right, so currently ELO is only, only, let me preface that again, only your win-loss ratio per weight class. So Yeah, I think we should really focus on that. There is nothing else that ELO currently takes into consideration. Nothing beyond win-loss. That's all it is now. All right, and then we're let's roll into something else that... Uh, has been a topic of discussion, uh, conspiracy theory as well. Uh, ELO is currently not visible to the player, and at this time, no plans to make it so. 
we were talking about this earlier, Jason. You came into the conversation. I'm okay with this. My opinion about Elo is, I have no problem with you knowing your own scores, but I do not think it should be public at all. Not even in a match, at all. Uh, what do you think about that, Darren? Well, as we were discussing earlier, I mean, I agree with that only because I've seen the fallout of something similar in World of Tanks. They basically have a mod over there where you can install it, and you can you're going into a match. Everybody's color coded, and you can see on your team, you can see on the opposite team uh, where basically you know people's skill is. And it start red color means they're the worst player, up to purple, I think, being the uh, the best players out there. And what started happening, and so this is this is uh, you know it's controversial over there is that people are quitting at the beginning of matches they see that their team is totally outnumbered or outskilled or whatever and they'll just say fuck this i'm not playing in this match and they'll quit and other you know just basically a lot of trash talking a lot of oh my this team totally sucks you're all gonna lose you know just a lot of drama pre-battle during the battle etc so there's it's not just a simple yeah we'd love to all see our elo there's reasons maybe for it to be hidden let me, let me play devil's advocate with you then. Um, what do you think if there was a system like that in place, but your C-bill reward went up if you took out a more challenging team? Funny that you ask, but uh, if your team has a higher ELO score and you win the match, your ELO only increases slightly. If you lose, it decreases more significantly, and if your team has a lower ELO than your opponent and you win, your ELO increases more than if you lose. So as far as ELO, and that's directly from Paul, that's right now sort of how it works. Um, as far as I don't what, what I was asking Darren is um, does he think the same thing would have been prevalent in World of Tanks like people dropping and saying like you know oh my gosh it's Jaeger I'm out do you well, think that thing would have if I would have gotten more rewards for, for defeating a team with Jaeger on it just yeah increasing your elo more or less isn't necessarily a reward so now are you talking experience rewards Seabill yes. rewards both yes. whatever I'm talking XP um, and Seabills like if I get I earn more for, for taking on more challenging teams and winning. Yeah, I mean, as long as the, the system is good, like they really know the math, and, and, and so that that's not, I don't know if it's even possible to abuse that or whatever, then yeah, it's to some extent, maybe a little percentage bonus or whatever um, to experience or C-bills or both or whatever, I, I don't have a problem with that. Well, um, and actually, that does uh, tie into a question that we'll get to in a little bit as well, but yeah, I don't, what do you think, Phil? Well, I don't, uh, again, I still don't think that has to be public. Like, my score against your score behind the scenes is fine. And, and I think, actually, that's a great idea because uh, someone could say, well, what if high ELO players played high other ELO players and, and just grind it? Well, obviously, their multiplier isn't that much different, right? I mean, you're talking about the difference between your ELO and an opponent's ELO or a team's ELO and how you did, you know, comparatively. I think that's a great idea. You know what, Jason? I still Go don't ahead. think it needs to be public in mm -hmm. the match. I don't, I well, don't what about this? I'm just going to go straight to Keith Jr.'s question, which is, or his comment. He says, I agree with the decision to hide ELO uh, scores from players in client, as I've seen it cause unproductive pre-match drama in other games. I'm assuming he's talking about uh, World of Tanks, but who knows. And he says, StarCraft II has an interesting feature in its matchmaking system. After the game, players can see which team was favored in terms of uh, relative ranking, like team favored, even matched, opponents favored, whatever. And it adds an interesting psychological reassurance, kind of solace after a blowout loss, uh, that you were up against a stronger team, would you be interested in a feature like this? I think that is kind of along the lines of what you're saying, but also with uh, maybe some bonus to it. Well, if I could speak up on something uh, kind of like this. Uh, mm -hmm. I play a lot of Counter-Strike Go, and I mean a lot. Um, one of the things, they have a bracket system almost like StarCraft II where you can see your rank, 
and it's all different ranks and levels and stuff like that. But when you enter into a game, you can still only see your rank until after the game, and then you can see every player's rank. But that's it. So before the game, you don't even know what your ally's rank is. You only know yours, or for example, if you and your friend, uh, for example, if you guys form a lance, uh, you can see your friend's ranks. I would love to see something, because like, it gives players like to, how can I phrase this properly? Players like to see progression. Uh, so if you have a rank system where you can actually see yourself getting better and going up those tiers, those like little graphics or whatever, then I feel, I don't know, I think it would be a lot of fun. That's I think it'll be abused. And I, I think it'll select... So how could it be abused? Well, again, if you could see another person's, whether it's verbal abuse, whether it's, oh my god, you're a noob, whether... I mean, like, if, I, if someone hops in a game, and, you know, normally right now, without it being live, uh, you know, someone might be like, oh, you're, you know, freaking noob, god, you guys are just idiots, I have just, a whole team is noobs. Now it's reinforced by numbers, again, even if it's your only, like, Lance, no, like... If it will abuse, if it can be abused, it will be abused, and I, I just feel like it adds nothing. Knowing, okay, so you said a player wants to see progression. Have that outside the game. Have it in their the lobby. Have it in the have it in the um, you know mech base. Have it in their stats. Uh, it's there. They can check on it. But as far as other people being able to see it, I, I just me personally like. You want less drama pre-match less or during drama, matches. Less selecting out individuals because you know bullying happens. It happens all the time. You hop in a match, and of course, it's always everyone else's fault, your teammate, uh, when he died and rushed out, right? Uh, now, he throws on all, you're just a bunch of freaking noobs, level one, blah, 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 right? whatever. You know, like, obviously, I'm blowing it out of context, but... To play devil's advocate, we already see that right now with trial mechs, like... If I'm, I see it right now when I drop in games that if I, if there's a lot of trial mechs on one side, some I've seen players before just blow gaskets and quit. They're like, oh, six trial mechs, we lost QQ, and then quit. Then why put numbers in there to reaffirm what they were? No, just don't. You know, you already see people in game right now being like, oh, hi Elo, I'm I'm such and such high. You know, get ready or, you know, like, anyways, Tyler, what were you going to say? On the other hand, there's been many op- situations in pug games where. I'll say something that might seem suicidal to somebody, like, we're going to rush mid on Terra Therma. Just trust me, as long as you do it, we're going to win. And people won't understand that. They won't take the cue, and they'll complain about it, like, you're just going to go get killed. Go ahead and have fun. I'm going to go flank right. And I would love people to know that as long as they're doing that with me there, I promise that they'll have a good result. But they have no way of knowing that I'm not I just can confirm that or suiciding. So what you're saying is some type of cue to let other players know that they you're skilled and that they should listen to you. Yeah, I would because then it just turns into our team splits three ways we lose. The problem with that, uh, Tyler, from my perspective, is that that works with you because you're a nice guy. There's really skilled players that are assholes, and so I agree, but I disagree. But Tyler, I have a specific question for you, and it's along the lines of what Jason was talking about as far as um, you know, rewards maybe for going up against uh, higher skill players. Would you have a problem with somebody making more experience in Seabills killing you than you make for killing them if they're a less experienced player or less talented? No, not at all. And somebody said in chat earlier that the experienced and high ELO players do win a lot more of their games, so they are making a lot more Seabills per hour anyways. So yeah, it's not really going to cut into my C-bills. 
And, and just to clarify, I mean, I just so I'm very specific about it. I, I don't want to get more points for just killing Tyler. I want to get more points of our end of match. A team victory over a superior team earns a team reward for the victory. Not just for the kill, not just for showing up. But if you stick it out, you grind it out, and you get the win against a higher team, then you should see some different rewards. I think you sort of have to do that anyway because track the damage against one specific mech may get shot by all 12 friendlies right i mean like uh and you only just got the killing blow i mean we see it a lot with ac20s or you know ballistics and stuff like that so i I definitely agree as amusing as it would be for me to see 12 players shoot out at full speed to try to get the kill on jaeger i don't think that's the kind of gameplay you want to encourage like it should be for the win yeah. How and about then, the bounty system that's supposed to go in with community warfare then? <laughs> I may see that. Well, and then on top of that, imagine you go into a match. Uh, obviously, right now, high elo players are playing high elo players for the most part. I mean, obviously, I, I know there's buckets and there's brackets and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of stuff that goes in there. But I mean, if you were to say, hey, drop a, you know, a number on someone as far as elo, it may be a negative against you as well i mean imagine jaeger you drop in a match and you're one of the only high elo players guess who has a fucking bullseye in your head now which some might say oh well that's cool that's a welcome challenge but then also that could be pretty negative i mean when we stream i have a bullet on my you know like target i have like i am statistically better whenever i do not stream like statistically obviously there are a few reasons behind it but there are you know factors that people you know, uh, come after you. Now imagine you're the number one target, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I like a combination. I like a combination of what, you know, just me personally, I like a combination of what Jason suggested, which is some, you know, added bonuses, uh, whatever, for for winning over higher ELO players. And then also I like the idea of probably post-match information. So, oh, we did go up against a way better team, and so we didn't lose as much this, or we gained more of this, or whatever. Uh, I think post-match is totally fine. Um, I, I do agree, though, that probably pre-match, not a good idea. I also like what Phil suggested about the, the post-match, like, outside-of-game stats page. Like, I would love to see something, and again, using, like, StarCraft, I would love to see, like, you don't have to show me my ELO. Just show me what ladder I'm in, and my bronze, and my gold, and my platinum, mm-hmm. and, with, and show me overall, and with individual mechs, and just show me what percentile I'm falling in, so that way I can take a screenshot of it when I app the SGR. I think uh, a color-coordinated system or whatever to yourself, uh, yeah, I, I think that's great, too. Because then you can work towards it or whatever. But uh, there is a, a few things, too. We've got, uh, there's currently no, obviously, weight class balancing in ELO. Uh, just to throw that out there, too. Hmm, uh, you did it. Ah, uh, did I? ELO. What? You said ELO. It's because you like the I band, too, I know. Quick. Uh, this go, is system go for it. in... I believe in League of Legends where you can vote someone as a uh, good team player, for instance. I've seen it in other games where you just like hit them up, this guy was good. And if you approve enough of those, then you have like a little notification before games start that you're a good team player, and it's kind of somebody that you can trust or ask questions to. Or... I totally see where you're going with that, Tyler, and I and I would love to see them come up with a way to do that. I, I wish it wasn't just skill-based, that's the only thing I'm saying, because there are highly talented players out there that are just complete douches and, and i wouldn't want them in that position be abused by individuals groups or large groups but i do agree that if you get into a match with jaeger 12 fucking listen to him you will win probably <laughs> <laughs> well right. not a league thing but the dota conversely don't don't they have like a separate queue for people that drop out of matches early don't they get like yes. a little penalty box thing uh same with counter strike uh, go now uh if you drop out of a competitive match 
quickly you get penalized such as i know in counter-strike they're even handing out up to a month where you can't drop competitively anymore where you just have to pug it we do have to move forward obviously i i, I just want to say this too uh, matchmaker is a big topic i mean really it is because right now we you know you always hear people in game oh mm you screwed us over you know oh way to go this or that we know elo uh doesn't incorporate you know weight you know uh weight class and all that it doesn't it's just strictly your elo plus if you're in a lance or whatever what i think what's really important is with community warfare ui 2.0 uh, possibly more mm uh, corrections is weight class balancing plus elo in random uh, matches but the question is and this is what i want you guys to think about is if i start up a lance does that mean my group of four has a limited weight right or are we allowed to only have x amount of each you know weight class um, because right now you're seeing it and tyler we've talked about this actually for a while it is it's a cyclical cycle right now even with high elo players taking four assault max because they know if they don't take it the other team will especially in high elo and you're you're seeing that trickle down to where you'll see a group of assault mechs um and the next thing you know you'll have eight on your team or nine on your team and i think it'll dynamically change how random matches are done once weight class and some type of limit restriction is placed on pre-made groups all right well let's discuss that because that's actually sir edward's uh, question which is how might tonnage limits be implemented into random matches and what incentives will there be for players to run more medium and heavy mechs so let's discuss. You need real warfare. I think Definitely. weight weight weight, weight limits are only half of it. If you impose weight limits without me giving me another way to make an equal amount of rewards by filling another role other than take punishment and dish out damage and kills, then you're just going to frustrate people. But if you have the role warfare in place where I can get benefits for scouting or for support or for doing different tasks other than just slugging it out, then you're encouraging uh, more variety in the play styles and, and where different weight weight you know limits can can have their moment in the sun. Could you do this based on what mech you're in and what mech you damage? Like for instance, just hear me out here. I don't know. I'm just totally off kilter here, possibly. But if I'm in a hunchback and I'm shooting an atlas behind the scenes, I do, let's just say, 10 damage. That 10 damage nets me X amount in C-bills and, and XP. But because I was in a 50-ton mech, I get an X multiplier based on the weight difference. I'm not saying I do more I was, damage. I'm just saying C-bill and XP reward. I was actually just about to suggest that. I was going to say, why don't you make it an incentive that you get a bigger C-bill and XP modifier if you go on against, say, an assault. So, like for example, make it like if, you, if you're in a Jenner, and you just tear to crap a atlas that all the damage you did to that atlas is like multiplied by four because it's like four tiers above you or whatever. Meanwhile, if you did like, if you're in an atlas and you just tore to shred like four jenners, then it's divided by uh, an amount because you're so much bigger. But what I'm wondering is, okay, so one thing that we know that's being worked on currently is an achievement system. There's a shit ton of them. So what I'm wondering is, this, could this be achieved with an achievement system? For example, could there be achievements like uh, the medium mech that does the most damage to an assault assault mechs or whatever, and you get plus five thousand C bills in experience? Or you know, could that be? Could an achievement system uh, fix this? Well, I think or is that those, not enough? I think those I, I are. Like, 
I, I think achievements are good for those who want to hunt achievements. Then you're still going to get uh, the four man lances that drop nothing but seven three three Cs because they can wipe out an entire lance in fifteen mi- or in like five minutes, and then they get to drop into another game. So in that fifteen minutes, they can play three full matches and get so many C bills, which could equate to you playing in a hunchback and getting achievements in fifteen or something like that. So like they could just still continue to make as much as you because they can just push through everyone so quickly. At the end of the day. If it's allowed, players will do it. Um, Darren, we were just playing and streaming this past week, and you said, uh, I said something about, uh, you know, wait. Uh, you know, the other team had X amount, and you're like, well, you know, uh, if the team, if the game allows them to take four atlases, that's, you know, so that's what I'm saying. If it's in the game, and you're correct, Jason, if you restrict a pre made to, let's just say, 275 tons, right? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you restrict them in tonnage or one per weight class right they could shoot i I don't know and that's what i'm saying is mm matchmaker including weight i think is really really important and i'm saying this in a group a pre-made if you as a pre-made drop and there's weight restrictions because you formed a group to a part of me says that's okay like because What's the the issue right now? The issue is you drop in and you literally have a full lance of seven three three Cs or uh, you know uh, two DDCs, a stalker, and you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, but ironically, that match that you were referring to, I think it, was it early no, this week or last I, I week? See, no, I we see were on the lighter time. team and we won. No, I see this all the time. This, this yeah. isn't just that one case yeah. scenario to where the other team. I, I had two weeks ago. I had a match where the an enemy team had eleven assault max, eleven. Now, I think at the time, I think we had like three or four, maybe. Now, we won, which is totally, oh, hey, it worked. But my point being is that if you let it be abused, what does this do to your matches? And, you know, we do see a lot of heavy, heavy matches. And is that the point? So, role warfare, I think, is important. I think incentive, what are other incentives they can give to uh, Tyler, we've talked to you about this before because we're totally talking about pugs right now. Um, we've talked about the leagues that you, the Steel Jags are in, and you, I, if I remember correctly, you don't like tonnage restrictions or restrictions in general. You like basically the freedom of being able to choose whatever you want. Am I wrong, or or what do you think of of these weight restriction ideas? No, it's that we would like a, either a queue or once private lobbies get implemented, some way that you still can drop without the the game dictating what your tonnages should be. I'm totally fine with pugs, and actually, almost everyone I know can't wait for tonnage restrictions to be implemented for the one to four queue. It will make things a lot more balanced. Get away from having to run the, the four assaults once you see a couple uh, other high elo lances out there running four assaults. So you're saying that in random groups of four, there should be weight restrictions or some type yes. of restrictions. Yes. But I, I still would like there to be some game mode somehow where you can drop with unlimited weights if you want to organize things like the player-created leagues. We implement tonnage restrictions on ourselves. There's no player league out there. It's Paroxys, maybe, that you can just take whatever you want. Well, and we I'll, I'll speak make ourselves from, take lights and mediums. Yeah, and from, a, like from you know, with the Wolf Spiders, some of the most fun I've ever had is when you have lower tonnage-restricted drop decks and you have to get creative with what you're taking. And it just kind of shakes things up a little bit, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in favor of it. And I think for private lobbies, I'd love to see uh, you be able to go in from a private lobby and set your tonnage restriction 
to whatever weight class you want for each team and like as a selectable field with the start of that match like what are we going to mutually agree upon and set that limit and then everybody has to fall within that limit yeah being the hard ass that i can be um i've always from the beginning of our podcast almost 100 episodes ago i've been totally in favor of restrictions and limitations like that's always been in my in in my makeup as far as this game goes. So I'm looking forward to it personally. I think the restrictions are awesome. I think it forces people to be creative. I think it forces other mechs and weapons to be used. So I'm all for it personally. Now on the flip side, that part of me also says if they're, you know, is that I think it's a hard line. I think they either basically have to say we're going to put our fo- foot down and we're going to have restrictions because it improves gameplay for everyone having a variety of weight classes if you're in a pre-made i'm not talking about you know what does that mean for a pre-made of two but about three you know so i guess that's what i'm saying is even if they do weight restrictions though let me throw this out here i don't think it should just be tonnage i think it needs to be tonnage and and weight class and this is why you give a team you give a pre-made 275 tons doesn't sound like a lot but they could still take three victors and a Raven 3L. You know, I mean, if it can be exploited, it will be. And and, and I know uh, for random pugs, I almost feel like it's like, hey, you could have one assault, one heavy, two mediums, or, you know, or a light, or, you know, I mean, these are the des- design decisions PGI has to do. Like, it's a, it's a some people aren't going to be happy with the decision. But ultimately, I feel like it comes down to gameplay and it's better to see a multitude of different weight classes than it is right now to see heavies and assaults pretty much everywhere. And that really puts the lights and mediums in a, in a hurt place because at the end of the day, it's just, it's really, really tough. Well, well what if there was an incentive as well, like in a mech commander to drop a lighter? So for example, you might have 275, but you might get a C bill slash uh, EXP bonus if you drop at 225 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's all. That's a small thing that could definitely make it better. Um, I agree. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next question. Black Cud asked two questions. One is matchmaking for high elo players currently sucks. Would you agree, Jaeger? I think you would. Uh, with often extremely long queue times, is matchmaking e- elo being looked at uh, to address this issue? And his second question is: Will max group sizes for random battles ever be increased from four? Well, let's let's answer the first one, and I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead and say this. I think it is unacceptable for Jaeger or any high elo player by themselves and I say that preface by themselves to hit launch they're not in a group and they can't find a match I, anybody like if you click launch and you can't find a match for three four turns five six I mean like that I just don't think that's acceptable at all now if you're in a group <laughs> and you're rocking out with all of your high elo buddies I think that's a little bit bit more difficult, obviously, because that means... I think it's still unacceptable, but it's a little bit more understandable. I yes. definitely agree with the person running solo. They, you know, just find a match for him. Um, I, the stories I'm hearing, I'm so glad I suck. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that. Let's go to answer his first questions. Obviously, is matchmaking ELO being looked into address? I can say this. Yes. Um, as soon as... Uh, Tyler's video uh, of him dropping with a few of his buddies for like 82 minutes I think without finding a match I actually went and and pinged Garth and Paul and and Brian about that and I think they were already aware of it and they are aware of it so oh they were and they've flat out said yes they completely understand how shitty it is and that they're working on it I mean we've straight from the horse's mouth no offense Garth Um, 
Yeah, they're working on it. What about the second question? Um, will Max group size ever increase from four? Now, we've actually asked Russ this. I don't know if we've asked anybody else. But essentially, the, the word was no. And what they did is they looked at other uh, comparable games in the free-to-play market. And, you know, most people were doing the same thing. I mean, yeah, somebody said, hey, some of us have more than three friends. Well, that's the same in World of Tanks. It's the same in, um, you know, War Thunder, in other games. Yeah, we all have more than three friends, or some of us do, whatever. Um, but that's not the point. It's not about how many friends do you have. It's about uh, bringing balance to the game. But saying that, I'm not saying that four is the best option. What do you guys think? I'd like the flexibility to switch up my lances to accommodate for a variety of mechs like a number of mech per roll. Sometimes I don't always break out with four lights as a scout lance. Maybe I only want to do three. I want to have a lance of three and a you know put a group of five together because they're going to handle similar tasks and have to stay together. Well, so just make it easier to do that. If, if you're talking about a... Um, I think what we're referring to is random matches. I don't think you sure. should have more than four. Yes. I think, actually, for those that haven't been around since the beginning, it used to be three. Uh, you can only have a, a max group of three now a part of me said oh we need four right we 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 have to have four but three actually made it pretty damn unique because you could have literally four different groups of three on your team so i mean it 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 was it was different now what you're talking about jason is like uh you're doing a right once i'm inside inside the match correct you're, you're talking about matchmaking like a private match like aces versus sjr or whatever and you should be able to do whatever you want you know i mean that doesn't matter i mean uh, but as far as random matches, no, because I, I don't want four is enough. Four is enough to influence the battle. Four is enough to literally, as soon as you drop, the other team could already be. Jason, did I well. misunderstand you? I thought you were talking about random battles. Yeah, I'm talking about like uh, the miscommunication I had is once you're in the game, I think you should be able to reassign people to groups based on whatever whatever you want to do. Like the fact that you're locked in at four, 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 and four. Like, sometimes you get into a game and you're like, hey, I got three lights right here. Okay, I want to group these three lights together. And that lone medium, I want to pull him down and make a group of five. Well, gr- if somebody takes group lead, they can do that now, right? Yeah, but... But it still shows you as, fo- like, grouped up in four, 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 four as far as the lance that you're still a part of. Well, speaking of which, this is what needs to happen. And you need to, just like World of Tanks or any of the other ones, it needs to show who's in a group and color coordinate those people so those people aren't moved. Um, as soon as this feature was introduced people were abusing it remember they would take control and just move people about and yeah thankfully that's stopped but yeah yeah it would screw with you because us four in in a group we don't need to be moved around like i almost feel like that should be locked maybe a check mark or something where it locks where people can't drag you or something like that um but of course you know it is what it is but we need to move on Uh, last question we have is from dadrick and he says i'd like to know if there are any plans to couple elo with some sort of ranked ladder system. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, Dadrick. As soon as they have a private matchmaking system in-game, NGNG will be hosting pretty much anything you can think of. And I would really go out on a limb and say this. PGI would benefit dramatically, and the community has asked for an API system to be able to pull information from the game. Um, you know, hey, totally. Un- this is how I look at it community warfare if it's going to take some time if it's going to take a, a period of time totally i'd rather have it come out uh well granted i'd like to have it be like uh in increments but i mean if it's going to take a while give the community tools to be able to run our own leagues our own ladder system built off the information coming from the game it would greatly 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 uh just the amount now, of content 
they've already said that they're working on that, right? The question is, when is it going to come out? Is it going to well, come out in time? We asked them way back when if that was, and they said yes, but we haven't really inquired. And that's, so I think that's something me and you need to ask uh, Brian about as well, is to say, you know, hey, is there an API system? And can you guys push that out? Because league-wise, if you have an API system, it's open door, dude. It's it's turkey time, man. It's it's deer season. It's it's on. You know, you throw on top of that API and matchmaking to where you can have a 1v1, 2v2 bracket. You can have a Solaris Arena. I mean, really, the sky's the limit when you have an API system with that. It would be huge. It would be it would have let the community do their own thing until Community Warfare is ready. And I think that would, asso- you know, associate the need for, uh, you know, uh, we want to do more right now than just assaults and conquest. And I can totally understand that. I, I think the API would be a really good le- uh, learning tool as well, because, uh, for example, if you're able to go back and see the battle you just played in and all the builds, for example, so if you were to go over someone's name, and you could see the mech you used, and then you could also see the build, then you could also learn what people are using, how they're using it, and whatnot. And you could find some probably really good builds that way. Yeah, I mean, obviously the comp- uh, the competitive community is, at this point, just begging for more, anything. They just well, want more even, to help them. Go ahead. I'm not even talking just, like, competitive stuff. I mean, if I'm a new player going in, and there's the API there, and I just play a match, and there there's one guy that, like, stood out, and I knew that he, he just wiped the floor with me. I could see what he was running and what sort of build, and then I could learn from that. So, okay, he's running three medium lasers in this. So, I'm like, so maybe I might try three medium lasers on my mech, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's win-win-win. There's nothing bad about bringing API out as no, soon as possible. No, I, I think, honestly, it would be a game-changer for the community. I think PGI would benefit because I think that would allow the community to say, you know what? Take your time with community warfare. We understand it's a big pain in the ass. We, I mean, it is. But until then we have all these tools available and we're going to roll with it i mean you're talking literally the community could could run itself and uh you're talking about proxies from run hot or die and and, and uh you know merrick league all of this with an api would be all automated guys and that's for those for those that don't know i know we've talked about api in, in the past but it would basically allow the game to spit out information to these websites to be able to collect it automatically so if i just fucked brandon it would automatically pull uh, into the from API like a killboard like I mean it's it's huge so I would definitely say it would buy PG time um, and you know obviously I, I know we're all we're all ready for community warfare it's been a long time you know we especially for those who've been here since the beginning closed beta like from the beginning like June friends and family like, yeah friends and family we were there so it, it you know we're ready for uh, the next step and I think that's why especially a lot of these groups just want something more. Uh, and that's why they're going to Merrick, Run Hot or Die, Proxis. So, anyways, very good question, Dadrick. And of course, you know, we're going to be testing out this format for podcast. And if you guys like it, just give us your feedback. But, anyways, that is it for the MWO section. Giveaways for this week we've got our giveaway. We've got Everyday Mech Poster. Uh, Darren, if you can go ahead and link that. I actually found one I had. I thought I sent all of them to Darren, but I have one of these left. And, uh,. Well, you guys get to be the, the recipient. One of you gets this poster in the mail. All you got to do is register and then post up your favorite MWO build. You guys can use Smurfy, do whatever you want. Uh, and that's all you got to do to enter to win. We also have sponsor giveaway. We've got a coffee mug and a hunchback custom painted by Spooky777 himself. I just want to say thank you 
to Spooky Florian for doing that. He shipped it all the way from Germany to me. It's amazing. So anyways, that's for uh, sponsors. And to become a sponsor, obviously, is uh, pretty easy. All you guys got to do is donate. And now you guys get a ton of stuff like giveaways automatically. You're entered into it. You've got uh, your own forum section. you got your own avatar. And, of course, you're helping support everything NGNG. And I just want to say thank you. And of course, speaking of sponsors, I just want to say thank you to our community, our listeners, new and old, our amazing staff, and our sponsors, including the latest sponsors, KeyCat, Sumarusa74, IQ Fish LP, Feroxis, and Goose. Thank you so much. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. And this is Darren. This is Brandon. This is Jason. This is Tyler. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me But I know you probably can't You sense something is wrong with me You can feel it on my skin But there is more with it Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot